When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello everyone, welcome to another video from Fantasy Football Scouts. We've got something, a bit of a treat, a bit of a treat for you at 8pm on a Thursday. Not when I'm normally doing uh, these videos, but I am joined by a very special guest. It is Oscar. It is someone from the community who's got some pretty notable fame this year anyway, but not content with running a successful YouTube channel and finding one of the best managers of all time. He is one of the best managers of this season. He's second in the world. How are you, Mr. FPL Focal? Yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for uh, accommodating me at 8 p.m. on a Thursday. Oh, you're more than welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, honour to be here and to chat with you. So uh, thanks for the invite. No worries. surviving the break. (laughs) Well, it's, I mean, we've got loads of, um, we've got loads of stuff to talk about. I mean, we've already got people in chat saying, show us your fantasy team. Like, this is all people, (laughs) it's all people, it's what you'll learn. No no one cares about what we've got to say. It's uh, (laughs) it's team reveals, it's it's wildcard teams, it's all that kind of stuff. But Let's just start off with the basics, because I mean, you you've set up a YouTube channel, um, you know, this this year, right? So in the in the off season, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I've played for, I've played FPL for uh, yeah about ten years now. So this is my eleventh season, and uh, yeah, exactly like you said, I started the channel a year ago. It was almost exactly a year ago, in November last year, and um, it was actually just a lockdown hobby. Um, it's a bit of a funny story, actually. Um, I had a mate. And he was streaming games on Twitch. And uh, he said to me, you know, you should start your own Twitch channel or YouTube mm. channel. And I said to him, well, you know, what should I make it about? Because I don't really play games like I used to when I was younger. And uh, straight away, he said, FPL it has to be FPL. Because <laughs> obviously he knew that I was uh, addicted to FPL. So yeah. I did. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it became quickly apparent that FPL is kind of a, I suppose, quite a saturated space. And um, so I made an immediate effort to kind of make some original content. And uh, yeah, fortunately, there appears to be an appetite for it. I mean, it was definitely original content because, I mean, you helped us out as well early on because you obviously you've, you found, well, you, you did a video on Yavuz, who was, I think, fifth, was he fifth in the Hall of Fame on, on Scout? And no one had heard of him, like, really. And and I think your video was in, was titled, wasn't it? Like, the guy kind of no one knows, because everyone knows Fabio. That and, was it, yeah. And Tom was, Stevenson um, uh, and that. Yeah. 
and then he actually got in touch with you, didn't he? And you and you interviewed him kind of properly. And then I got in touch with him as well. And he did a, a thing for Scout. And it, you kind of like, you know, you, you you need to do the same for like, um, you know, some of the other guys who were, you know, the enigmas of the of the FPL world. Uh, but yeah, you did a great you did a great job with that, and that kind of sparked the whole Thank thing. You. Yeah, I did one with um, Fabio Borge. I know some people will, will know him. He's got well, he's considered the greatest FPL manager of all time. Mm. So that was a really fun one. His answers were brilliant. Yeah. Um, did a video on the all-time FPL dream team. So that was, you know, spanning from 2002 to a re- as recently as a couple of seasons ago. So, you know, players like Suarez from the 2013-14 season and, you know, Lampard and Ronaldo back yep. in the day. Yep. Um, so that was a really good one. I enjoyed that. I did a video on um, the biggest game week score of all time, which was a record back in 2015. And uh, the record still stands. Someone got 226 points using the bench boost. Because this is the thing, right? Because I mean, I said at the start of this kind of tongue in cheek, you know, people only want kind of wildcard videos and team selections and stuff. But you've kind of proved that there is a, a wider appetite for this kind of more, um, I don't know, it's different, different kind of content because it's, it's, it's kind of nostalgic a bit. It's going back to people's roots. It's bringing up things that people aren't really considering. Like it's not just churning out, you know, like I do, the same stats and the same kind of things like that. You're actually looking for things in the community um, which people are interested. So yeah, anyone who's interested should... Um, check out FPL, Fo- uh, FPL Focal on his YouTube channel uh, for sure. And yeah, and there's some great videos um, on there as well. But let's talk about your season. Let's forget about all of this because, I mean, all that aside, I mean, I've put our ranks on the screen. I don't know why I did that because 9,091 for me is is very high. I mean, I've never been at this, this high at this stage of the season. No one cares about that when you've got world number two um, on, on there as well. So... This is your rank history um, in previous seasons. I'd say it's a good rank history. Um, you haven't really ever hit top heights. You haven't had a top 10k right. uh, yeah. finish. Um, you know, most of your finishes are within the top 100,000. Uh, a couple kind of just outside um, over the last kind of eight eight years. But you haven't really ever got into those kind of real upper echelons of the, you know, never, you haven't had a top, well, you haven't had a top 10k finish, for example. Your highest uh, was twenty three thousand, I believe, which was back in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, nothing eye watering, but um, yeah, that was the Suarez season. That's the Suarez season. Yeah, I was the same. I had a good season <laughs> that year as well. Um, yeah. So, what, what's what's been the story this season? Why do you think it's it's gone so well for you um, at this stage? Have you done anything differently? Have you, have you had any different strategies? Yeah, I mean, I won't beat around the bush. Obviously, you have to have um, a lot of luck to get to as high as second in the world. You know, whatever your FPL ability. So I'd say a lot of luck along the way. Um, one of the boldest decisions was uh, I bench boosted in game week 11, which um, I was oh, very on the fence talk about. We're going to talk oh, about should that. Oh, I save that for yeah. later? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a hell of a decision. I mean, I think one of the other things um, that's definitely made a difference and uh, it wasn't immediately obvious to me until I was thinking about it earlier, but obviously this is the first season I've started making videos mm. um, for YouTube and you kind of, you put yourself right out there and you put yourself um, open to criticism, I suppose, a bit more. And you have to really think about what moves you're making. Whereas before it was just, you know, I was playing for myself. Mm. Um, you know, the mate I mentioned earlier is the only mate I've got who plays FPL. So I'd be, uh, I'd take loads of hits and that sort of thing. I just, you know, kind of play for fun, but also play for rank. Um, but yeah, now you're more in the public eye, I suppose you have to think about what you're doing and uh, make more logical decisions, I suppose. 
But um, yeah, certainly as well. Like I said earlier, luck plays a big part. I think being second. I, I I have found that like when when I had my first season kind of in in the spotlight, but when I was doing the scout cast with Granville and, and Andy and Mark, I had my best season as well. Um, Andy had I think his best season last year as well when he you know did full time YouTube channel and, and doing that. Uh, it is interesting. I think you you do you kind of back yourself a bit a bit more because you you go on streams and you're talking to people and you say things and you think well I can't say one thing and then do something else. So you end up going with the thing that you originally said whereas before you know you might say oh i think you should get in jota and then you go off and buy sol or something like that and then jota gets a hat trick and you say oh no i should have just done what i originally said do you find that you're kind of listening to your own advice a little bit more yeah definitely exactly that yeah you kind of you have to stick to your guns as well um <laughs> i think my subscribers wouldn't be happy if i said one thing and then no. you know the deadline passes and i've done something completely different so um yeah certainly i stick to my guns um sometimes sometimes things change last minute um, for example, when I wildcarded uh, a few game weeks ago, the plan was Rudiger. Mm. And obviously he picked up the injury. So I ended up getting James, which again, I suppose is um, exactly quite the same of a me. decision. But exactly it's, the, the, it's the difference between first and maybe I would be, you know, 9K like yourself. So it's fine margins. It's no, early. It's a oh, little, little dig there, little dig there. Yeah, just down to 9K no, like wait, me. Yeah, there I'm, we go. It is, though. It's fine margins, you know. Say if I'd gone for Rudiger, then um, I wouldn't be in this position. So this early in the season, um, the ranks are very volatile mm. and, you know, there's a long way to go. So, Yeah, so how, how, are, you, but, how are you feeling at, at number two? Do you feel, I mean, you must feel like you can win it from this stage, but you must also feel like it could all kind of go tits <laughs> up at any moment, right? Uh, I mean, I suppose I'm taking a realistic perspective. You know, like I said, there's a very long way to go. I don't know if anyone's been um, in second this early and gone on to win it. I think it tends to be a, a late season push. You know, I know there's been managers in the past um, who have been, you know, first for the entire second half of the season and gone on to lose it in the last game week. Mm. So we're not even a third of the way through. So we'll see. I don't but, know. Um, I, I enjoying feel, it while it lasts. I feel like, you know, you're, you're obviously, you're a, you're a FPL manager, but with a good track record, you're doing your own channel, you're clearly making the right decisions. It feels like, you know, it, People from the we don't tend to see too many people from the the FPL Twitter sphere in this kind of position. But I've always thought if someone did get into this position at this stage, there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't be able to win it because you've got the knowledge, you've got the know-how, you're making the right decisions. All you need to do is not just keep on doing what you're doing. No uh, pressure. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Um, so that's your that's your season. Just take a look back at your game week. Uh, history so I wanted to bring up your game week one team uh, you went full template game week one so you know people saying you know you can't get anywhere you know being the template you've got to have a few differential picks I mean this is this was your game week one team so you had Sanchez in goal Luke Shaw uh, Cancelo Alexander-Arnold uh, Ailing, Fernandez Sala Rafina Jota Antonio Ings <laughs> I mean it is like it is just it's laughably template it yeah, is laughab- right. it's laughably template it really is um it got you like 377k in the world oh it's all dog on your lap how oh, nice that's not the same dog that i saw on the stream <laughs> of you yesterday was it have you got two it's the same one yeah it's the same one okay <laughs> he's just going for a laugh on my shoulder apparently oh, lovely <laughs> hopefully chat are enjoying that uh absolutely uh we, we get more sort of my, my dog comes in every now and then you know, Mark, mark's cats were famous on the streams as well um yeah so from there, so 377k, then you went up to 281 and back down to 300, then up to 200 and then up to 100, blah, blah, blah. It was only really around game week six when it started getting really good. So you had a big green arrow game week six up to 28k and another green arrow 
uh, up to 12k and then the tiniest of red arrows down to 13k and then mm. and then it really started clicking in so game week nine up to 1.4k game week 10 up to 300 and then game week 11 like we're going to talk about uh that's when you you entered into the, the top five and and well top two so it's a re- it's a steady increase it's it, 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 i mean it, mm. you had some quite big jumps but it wasn't like you went from like a million to a thousand or something like that it's been a, a steady performance do you think the template going for the template early on was was quite key to that I would say so, yeah. But I think um, back then a couple of players weren't template as such. For example, Cancelo. Um, I looked at his minutes last season, you know, and he was benched um, something like two times all the way to game week 19. And then obviously at the tail end of the season when they got far in the Champions League, that's when Cancelo became a non-option. Mm. So I took an early punt on him and I thought, you know, I fancy him to keep playing. And then, uh, of, course, of course, Mendy got uh, arrested or whatever happened there. So that's um, boosted his chances of starting. So, yeah, he was a good one to hop on early. Back then, I think he had about 4% ownership, mm. which has obviously gone up. And he's one of the top scoring defenders, if not the top. Um, so there's a few picks that, such as Cancelo, that I've had the entire season. Um, you know, Salah, Rafinha, Antonio, a few players like that. I've kept the whole season and they've done well. And I've not had to move, uh, you know, quite a few players on. Yeah, I mean, you went for the back early on. I mean, you went for sure Cancelo and, and Trent and had an ailing and Feltman double up and then Brownhill and, <laughs> and Dane Scarl on the bench. So you didn't really give yourself much in terms of flexibility. I mean, you you sort of put all your cards on the table with four at the back, uh, you know, th- three premium-ish defenders and and then a cheap one. And it's interesting that now we've gone to this kind of premium, you know, defence as well. Um, so you kind of got on that from the start, even though, I mean, Shaw didn't really pay off and the ailing Veltman thing didn't yeah, really Yeah, what disaster Shaw was. I yeah, think I um, almost all of us had Shaw uh, I didn't, at the start of the season. I didn't, he didn't. I had Sue Fow instead, who did just as terribly, but was 0.5 ah. less, so I'm taking a moral victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> played. Thank you. I'm not sure I deserve that, but thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I look, at, I look at this game week one team and, you know, analysing it from now, like, it, it doesn't look that good. Like, you look at... You know, I mean, Ings got off to an okay start, but didn't really perform. Uh, Jota was in and out of the team, only really performed against United. Rafina didn't hit, you know, the heights until a bit later on. You had Ailing and Veltman. I don't know. It, it doesn't look like a team where I would have thought the game week two, <laughs> you know, sorry, the rank yeah. two manager at this point would would be. But we talk about like getting off to a good start, and like it did get you off to a good start. I think if you're in the top million by the first couple of weeks. That tends to be when you know we see you know people go on and, and win it. I think if you don't get off to that good start, uh, then it's a lot harder to be where you're at now. So, yeah, very interesting. Um, let's take a look at your wild card team because this was key. Um, you played your yep. wild card in game week eight, and you brought in some fantastic players. Uh, you brought in, I mean, you were way you were way ahead of the curve. You played a week earlier than I did, for example. Uh, you brought in Ramsdale, James. Uh, you went double City defence. Um, Livermento might have already been there, but you, you kept Livermento. Smith Rowe came in, Foden, uh, Salah, uh, Lukaku, obviously a bit, a bit of a nightmare of that, but same as, as, he was, as he everyone. Was a disaster. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you and then you, <laughs> you strengthen your bench as well because you you had no one really at the start of the season. But then you, I mean, your your team, you had Adam Armstrong who came out and Livermento came in and you had Rafina on your bench as well. And we're going to take a look at your team now, because your team now is completely different to how it was in, in game week one, where you had no options, really. So you've adapted mm. throughout the season and, and changed tactics based on what's happening. 
yeah I think what's helped as well is um I mean it's, it sounds obvious but picking up players ahead of the curve you know mm. Foden I picked him up um before his first return of the season um I think it was game week I got him I think I got him in game week six when he had Chelsea and then thereafter you know he hit, started to hit some form which was lucky um likewise I got Smith Rowe I think the same time as you at 5-3 yeah so he was an early pick and obviously did well post picking him up um yeah, a few players like that ended up getting them a little bit ahead of the curve, which certainly helped. Reese James, you know, he's um, done a lot for me since picking him up. He had the first game in game week eight, and obviously, the, like I said earlier, I was going to go for Rudiger, and ended up getting Reese James, and he got the one pointer against Brentford. And straight away, I thought I've made a mistake here. Should have gone for Chilwell because mm. that was uh, Chilwell's game week. I think he got a goal that game week. Um, but yeah, of course, since then James has been incredible um scored three goals uh, in the last three so i can't complain no i know and it's, it's interesting as well because because luke and i have been on you know we, we've had rows with people on, on twitter about optimal play and all this kind of stuff and luke <laughs> and i have kind of always said the only way we really feel like we're ever going to get to the position you're at would be to take some big risks like not captain Salah at all captain a different player every week you know try and hit you know everyone talks about variance try and hit that variance you haven't done that at all, though. Like, I look through your game weeks. You've played very, very smartly every week, making good picks, you know, same captain every week. You haven't really gone for it, have you? But you're right up there anyway. So it shows that you can still hit those highs without... Basically, Luke and I are idiots is, is, is basically what you've, <laughs> what you've shown uh, through this. Um, I suppose the other side of the coin is you do... Like I said earlier, you need a level of luck as well. You have to picks have to come in and... Um, they often don't, but so mm. far, most transfers have been good besides Lukaku, you know, who I mentioned earlier. What can you do? It was a, uh, yeah, I remember, I remember posting on um, Twitter at the time saying, I'm tempted to get Vardy instead of Lukaku. Can someone talk me out of it? And I let myself get talked out of it. And that was right before Vardy scored something like five and four. Um, yeah. But, you know, you can't get every decision right. Ooh, I don't even want to tell you where you'd be <laughs> if you'd uh, if you'd done that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Max, so, yeah, keep uh, any questions any of you have got in the chat, um, fire them in. We'll probably come to them at the end of the video. I want to talk about your uh, your last game week in particular, which was your big your big game, which we took you up to second. Um, and then yeah. we're going to look at your team going forward and we talk a bit about your plans for, you know, everyone's wondering about Chelsea and Spurs and all that kind of stuff. And I'll get your thoughts on that. Uh, Maximus Winter, though, asks, you mentioned luck and skill. What percent do you reckon is, is skill and what percentage is luck? Are you tempted to say it's a lot more skill now you're number two? Just so, you know, you look a, look a bit It's better. a dangerous question, isn't it? it is. If I say 100% skill. <laughs> no, I, I would say, um, I mean, like I said, I've played for 10 years. So obviously, I, you play for 10 years, you do pick up um, a lot and you, you know how to play the game a lot better than someone who's just started. That's my diplomatic answer. But um, <laughs> I would say probably 75% skill, 25% luck. Nice. nice. I was going to put an arbitrary number on it. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. Yeah, I think I, someone, <laughs> asked, someone asked me that and I think I said 70% skill. So I, yeah. think, I think it's good for you to give yourself an extra 5% when you're doing this well. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, right, let's have a look at your last game week. Because I mean, this is, this is pretty incredible, really. Um, I mean, you're already doing well. You're, you're 300th in the world or something like that. And you decide oh, I'm not I'm not uh, not content with that. So you decide to use your bench boost, um, did, and yeah. you had. So I'll just go for your team. Anyone listening on the podcast? So you had Ramsdale and goal, uh, who got seven points. Trent with twelve, Cancelo with fourteen, James with seven. So the priority defence um, as well. You've also got Chilwell on your bench, and Livermento as well. So Livermento came in with six, and Chilwell with two. Uh, your midfield was then Salah captain uh, with ten, Rafinha with nine, Foden with three. Son with three, so you early 
early adopter of, of Son, and you had Smith Rowe as well. And then you had Adam Armstrong, your, your boy, uh, Antonio and Tony coming with 9-2 and 1. So final score, 104 points. Uh, it's 17, it's 19, it's uh, 27 points on your bench. Yeah, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, were you, I mean, it's, I mean, the thing is, I look at your bench and I think I would have done it. I mean, I, I don't, I, it's not like you've, you've done a bit of, you know, what some people do is they put their best players on the bench and leave rubbish players on. I would have played it exactly like you did. If you have a bench of Livermento, Chilwell and Smith Rowe with the fixtures they had, you have to play it. Um, but at the same time, when you're 300th in the world, it's, it's a hell of a gamble. Were you just completely set on it or were you thinking, were you kind of a Minangari until the deadline? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you can make the case for starting Chilwell over Antonio, but um, they both got two points, so same same result. Um, yeah, I, po- I posted a Game Week 11 team selection video and it was just a regular video. And then I posted a last minute follow up, you know, saying after some consideration, I've decided to use the bench boost. Um, it's something I've always wanted to experiment with in a single game week. Um, you know, historically, I've not done that well bench boosting in a double. So, yeah, it was something I'd always wanted to try. I think there's pros and cons to it. The data suggests that you want to target around 10 to 16 on a bench boost. Mm. So I looked at the bench and I thought, you know, I could easily get that. But again, I won't beat around the bush. Foster was very lucky. Um, and from an Arsenal fan's perspective, <laughs> just about the oh. best possible outcome there, I suppose, would have been a safe penalty and a Smith Rowe goal, yeah. which is exactly what happened. So, again, luck playing a big part there. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you bench boost in a double game week, you often force yourself to wildcard so late in the season because, you know, typically you're, you're wildcard the week before, right? Mm. Prepare yourself for the bench boost. And I suppose there's um, an opportunity cost there that, you know, what do you miss out on by potentially wildcarding earlier if your bench boost is out of the way? Um, and, you know, and you could still free hit or triple captain in a, a double game later in the season. And I suppose the other thing is you could potentially still wildcard in a double if you wanted to, but instead you wildcard straight into the double game yep. week rather than a week before. So you've got a one week advantage on other managers. So, um, yeah, it was something I'd always wanted to try out and uh, the opportunity presented itself. I had exact money to go Diaz and Norman to Chilwell and Son, it was. Hilariously, if I'd literally burnt the transfer and bench boosted uh, Diaz and Norman, I'd be first already because, of course, oh, yeah. you kept a clean sheet and Norman scored. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's FPL, isn't it? That's how it goes sometimes. Couldn't have seen that one coming. Absolutely. Um, I've, I'm still happy to have Chilwell and Son for the upcoming games anyway. Yeah, it's, it's really what we talk about with the bench boost as well because, I mean, that is... I mean, I, I, I was talking start of the season. I, I can see the logic of playing at game week one because you can always build your team for that game week one bench boost and then it's out of the way and then when the things come around later in the season you haven't got to tear your team up it's the flexibility it's the fact that you've got to fill your team up with more expensive players later in it's the in, season it's really interesting you say that so i've got a series on my channel that follows the top 100 all-time fpl managers and basically the criteria is they need seven top 10ks or four top 1ks yep and only you know barely 100 managers have ever hit that feat and uh, I think it's four or five of them of the hundred used the bench boost in game week one this season. There you go. Wow. Which is interesting because I'd never, ever heard of that talked about. Um, and you mentioned it again just then. So, you know. The, 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 the thing that puts me off it is that the lineups are still a little bit dodgy at that time. You know, like you, you could just yeah. get a player missing out who's had a good preseason. You've put them in. You have to be sure that kind of everyone's starting. But I really don't like bench boosts. 
I don't like the chip at all. I don't like the fact I've got to build my team towards this thing that ends up getting, I mean, 20 points, I'd say, is, is probably a pretty decent score. on the Absolutely, team. yeah. For you to get 28 and not have to worry about that chip is... <laughs> Is is absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, you must be you must be over the moon with that. Um, some other things I'm going to talk about with with your, with your team. I mean, it's a stacked team. It's kind of similar to mine. And what I find so interesting is game week one, it wasn't at all. I mean, you had Dane Scarlett. Let's let's be honest. That's and and Brownhill. I think. <laughs> don't hate on Scarlett. I don't know if he's actually got a minute yet in the Prem this season. But uh, I don't think he. Has. I thought he. <laughs> I've picked him because I thought he's probably the least likely to drop him back. That's the only reason. He didn't pick Parika, who went off to another country to to play his to play his football. Oh, um, did he? <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting how how it's changed, how that's changed so much. Why is it that you've gone for like a full squad of players now? When at the start of the season you were, you know, threadbare. Well, I suppose the thinking was um, first of all, if I'm going to bench boost, I want to have a good bench, so mm. I set myself up for that. And also the thinking was. You know, normally so you knew to... you were going to do it when you wildcarded? You knew you were going to play the, the bench boost in a single game week? Well, no, I didn't know until going into game week 11, essentially. Mm-hmm. I had the two transfers and um, I could have just done DS to Chilwell, but I wouldn't have had enough to go Norman to Son. Mm-hmm. So instead, I would have had to move someone like Foden or Rafinha or Smith on, but I didn't want to move any of them on, really. So it had to be those transfers in combination, which kind of naturally presented the opportunity of the bench boost um and the, yeah normally i would go into the international break with two transfers because you never know what the international breaks can throw up but then my thinking was if i've got such a strong bench then i can afford an injury mm. worst case scenario if someone does get injured you know i could start livermento and i do have a benching headache next game week i won't lie um and i suppose the long-term plan is that we'll go back to similar something mm. similar to game week one you know i was looking at potentially um, downgrading Tony uh, after game week 12 to potentially another 4.5 mid. Oh, Maybe back Scarlett, to Scarlett. Nice. Scarlett could make his way back in, yeah. <laughs> and then depending on if Calvert-Lewin's back, I quite like him as an option to upgrade Armstrong. I'd have mm. the money to do those two moves as a combo. So, um, yeah, I could end up going back to something similar to game week one because, yeah, like you say, um, the bench is a bit too strong. Yeah, I think, I think we're going to start seeing a shift you know, with, with some of these players coming back, you know, Calvert-Lewin could be back. We're going to have Lukaku back. People are going to be looking for Ronaldo and Fernandez potentially with their fixtures turning. The Spurs players, Kane and Son, you know, if they can start hitting form. I think at the moment, everyone's kind of like, right, four at the back every week and I'll spread the rest of my funds around and not worry about it. And I just think in a few weeks, it could be, oh no, I need to free up five million and I've got to, you know, take minus four, minus eight, all this kind of stuff. So yeah, it's important to kind of stay ahead of the curve with that. It's just interesting looking at your the, the difference in, in your team now, whether you've strong in every position compared to game week one, I thought was was quite quite interesting. Um you've gone in you've gone early on Son. Uh loads of I mean pretty much all the questions I've been having all week have been on Spurs <laughs> and Conte and all of that kind of business. Yeah. You've moved for him, you obviously think there's going to be an upturn in form for Spurs and you're getting in early. How confident are you with that? Well, I'm, Conte, I think he's too good not to turn him around to some degree. Game week 11, to be fair, wasn't very convincing, but I do think they'll turn it around to some degree. So it is an early punt on Son. And obviously the fixtures are there. And I think they're well worth taking the punt on those fixtures. Mm. But um, 
interestingly, I, I was looking at the average positions and game week 11, Son and Kane's average position was the deepest it's been all season hmm. in game week 11, which is a bit worrying. Um, so maybe he'll go for a more defence first approach. We'll have to see, but I think I'll keep hold of him for the next four. Even if he blanks for the next three, I think I'll keep hold. You kind of have to, don't you? Really, it's, it's that kind to. of thing with, with 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 getting him in. You can't sell him ahead of those fixtures. I, I'm, no. I, I'm I'm fluctuating. That one one minute I think, oh, it seems sensible to get him in. He's sold. He's going to keep doing well. His points per game is still good, despite the fact he's been playing in a pretty poor Spurs side. Have you got Son? I haven't. I haven't. I can I can get him. I got two. I got two free transfers. I can, and I've got Vardy. Who's just been uh, absolutely useless. So, yeah, I could move him. I'm, I'm debating doing Vardy to Ronaldo though, and captaining him this week. But... Oh, oh yeah, I remember you saying you're looking at the yeah. uh, Watford game as a potential mm. alternative to Salah. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Oh. The trouble. This is the thing. I've been saying that to a, on a few different streams now. Now it's kind of like everyone's like, if I don't do it, oh, well, you say you're going to catch him. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, we'll have to kind of see. Well, uh, best of luck if you do it. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, I mean, I could move for Kane as well. I think you, you said to me on the on the stream we did. On, on Penguin stream, you kind of said, "Why don't you just do that? Like, if you're going to move for him anyway, probably makes sense." But what's your what's your feelings on on Kane? Because he's been pretty much the biggest disappointment this season, I think. After the season he has, last yeah. year, he's just been awful. Yeah, clearly there's something going on behind the scenes. Um, I, I mean, I suppose it's pretty obvious. He must have wanted a move in the summer and he didn't get the move he wanted, and he's probably very unhappy about that. Perhaps that's why he's had the drop off. Um, maybe feels there's a lack of ambition at the club. But again, I think Conte is quite an ambitious mm. signing. Um, I think he, you know, he's got the potential to win them a trophy. So maybe we'll see Kane turn it around. Haven't seen uh, anything of the sort just yet. Um, he got the assist, obviously, in the Europa Conference League game, but it's very early. You know, it's too early to really say whether Kane's worth it or not. And at this point, the Spurs assets are certainly a punt, but they've got the fixtures mm. to justify the punt, in my opinion. Um, I think the third, the third one that might be worth a punt is Regulon. Mm. I was looking at him for game week 11. And then, of course, off the back of that game where they conceded two, they looked so ropey defensively. Um, I decided against Regulon. Um, but again, he could do well. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a couple of clean sheets over the next four. Well, world number one has no Spurs. Uh, they have two really? point nine. Oh, you don't. You, see, I was going to ask as well. Do you, are you keeping tabs on, on the people around you? Uh, I'm not. Clearly That's not. a good question, though, because so far I've not paid any attention to the other managers. Mm. However, the last game of Game Week 11 was obviously West Ham versus Liverpool. And uh, I did have a look at his team because I was three points off first. And he had Jota that game and I had Antonio. So, um, so obviously I stuck the game on just in case Antonio scored Jota blanks. Oh, he had and, chances uh, as well, didn't he? I mean, he was throwing goal at yeah. one point and fell over his own feet. And, <laughs> oh, so close. So close. Yeah. Well, well, world number one has no Spurs. Uh, I, I imagine if I was going to have a wild guess of what he was going to do, which I don't know why I'm trying to get in the mind of the world number one. Um, he's got Vardy. I, th- I think if he's going to move, he's, he would do a Vardy to Kane move he's got the money to do that so it could well be a a son v kane uh, battle um he's taken he took a minus four uh this week Uh, he took another minus four back in game week eight you've taken one hit this season do you normally take a lot of hits or are you actively trying to avoid taking them or is it just kind of worked out like that yeah yeah i mean definitely going back to your question earlier about what i've done differently this season um i've taken obviously way less hits I, i used to quite like a hit here and there and I'd normally finish a season with, you know, somewhere between eight to 10 hits. Uh, so, yeah, making a conscious effort to take a lot less this season. 
And, um, you know, that, that series I mentioned earlier where I monitor the top 100 all-time managers, I try to get one of them on each week. Mm. I do like a brief interview and ask them a few questions about the tips behind their success. And I honestly think that's um, played a big uh, factor in doing well this season because they all say the same thing, you know, hits are a gamble, generally not worth it. Mm. So, yeah, I've tried to pay, take a page out of their book and uh, adopt the advice they've given. And, uh, yeah, like you say, it's just the one hit so far. Yeah, we, we've both only taken one hit. I normally have made loads by this point as well. It's, it's interesting. We, mm. we've, we've gone very similar in, in a lot of our picks and, you know, it's kind of why we're both doing sort of quite well. James and, you know, we've got similar defences. Both got Smith Rowe, um, both only taken one hit. You Your hit, you moved early for Lukaku. <laughs> I noticed. Is that what it was? It Lukaku. was. It was oh, thanks it was, for the reminder. It was a Lukaku. You bought him in game week five. And I think that's when everyone was moving for Ronaldo which is yeah. exactly what Mark did as well. So he avoided Ronaldo for that week, um, which right. would have been the Newcastle game, I think. Yeah. Uh, let me check. Game week five. And that uh, was around the time I did the interview with Fabio Borges, and he uh, said he doesn't think Ronaldo is going to be worth the money. Really? So again, I suppose that played at the back of my head when I was looking at whether to join <laughs> everyone else and get Ronaldo. And of course, after Ronaldo had that crazy start, two goals and then a goal the game after, I thought, oh, what have I done here? <laughs> I've made such a mistake. But uh, no, it hasn't been too bad in the end. No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the, the Ronaldo v Newcastle. It was, it was after that. So you, you bought in Lukaku for a hit uh, when he was away at Spurs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, interesting. Completely I, I, avoided Ronaldo. Haven't yeah, owned him yet. Yeah, may did. well do. You did, and and again, that's that's proven to be you know a good move, and and, get, and going for Lukaku early, although it didn't really pay off. I think it shows that you have been even from the start, you've been actively trying to get ahead of of the curve and get ahead of people, um, you know, rather than just buying last week's points. You're always kind of looking for that next person who's going to start uh, returning. So yeah, yeah, if you can buy someone long term, then it saves you a a potential transfer in a week or two, right? You have other areas you can focus on. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, let's take a look at your team uh, going into the international break. Obviously, this isn't not pressuring you. This isn't, doesn't have to be your final team. I'm sure there's going to be transfers to be made. Your bench, be. your bench scares <laughs> the hell out of me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's Ramsdale in goal. It's Trent, Cancelo, James and Chilwell. Salah, Foden, Son, Armstrong, Antonio and Tony with a bench of Foster, Livramento, Rafina and Smith-Rowe. Uh, obviously, Smith-Rowe with Liverpool, um, not the easiest game. Uh, Rafina as well has Spurs, I believe. So yeah, I mean Spurs are a bit ropey. Livermento just getting points, but again, not the fixtures. So you're, you're you're playing the fixtures here with with the with the team searching you've gone for. Yeah, I've got a bit of a bench and headache, obviously mm. off the back of the bench boost. But um, yeah, I suppose you can make the case for benching one of the Chelsea defenders. But you know, I have to start James. The form he's in, Chilwell's against his old club. Livermento, he's um, burnt me a lot this season on my bench. <clears throat> so. Could be the case again against Norwich. Um, yeah, and it's a tough one. Uh, I suppose Rafinha and Smithrow have to be benched for the fixtures, like you said. Mm. Both playing away. Um, both tough fixtures on paper. I wouldn't be surprised if the bench does well again, though. Yeah, no chip. No chip to use this week. Uh, yeah, if only there was a chip for that. <laughs> that I could use. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's interesting because, <clears throat> I mean, I look at your 11 and I'd say 10 of those players are pretty much the best players you, you could have. I mean, Ramsdale, I think, is, is is the best goalkeeper you can have. Trent, Cancelo, James, Chilwell. You know, you've got basically four midfielders there, no defenders at all. Uh, Salah, Foden, Son, all good options. Uh, Armstrong and Antonio. I, I think Antonio's been unlucky not to get not to get returns. Armstrong's got Norwich, back in the side playing well. Ivan Tony though, 
you mentioned sort of wanting to get rid of him and, and possibly downgrading him. It's been really disappointing, hasn't it, Brentford, the last couple of weeks. You haven't got on the Mbomo train, which you dodged, <clears> you dodged <throat> a bullet yeah. there, but you must have expected a bit more out of Tony. Yeah, I didn't dodge that bullet though. No. Yeah, he's been very disappointing. Um, I really thought he'd get something. You know, his underlying stats are quite good. And um, yeah, I mostly pay attention to the stats. I do watch games, but I mostly make decisions based on stats. And his mm. stats are really good, underlying stats. Um, you know, he's looked at probably average in actual matches, but I thought he would have got something by now, especially against Norwich. So very disappointing. Yeah, and he doesn't, doesn't really look like scoring either. It's, it's yeah, it's, he's a real he's a real problem. But strikers in general this season are are a bit of an issue, aren't they? I mean, would you have thought at the start of the season you'd end up with a strike force of Adam Armstrong, Antonio, and, and Tony <laughs> as your as your kind of front three? It's oh, uh, it's weird no, how never. it's gone. Yeah, I mean, like you say, Antonio's slowed down. Mm. Um, Tony's been poor, Lukaku injured, you know, Ronaldo's not really been worth the money so far. Kane's out of form. Um, Calvert Learn's obviously been injured for a while, so's Bamford. Yep. So it's not it's not like last season. You know, DCL and Bamford, both of them are very, very good picks last season. And um, yeah, both are injured, neither of them reasonable options right now. So yeah, this uh I suppose a consequence of that is we have the money to spread the to spread it around to the bench, which is why I've ended up with a team like this. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got James and Chilwell. I mean, I've been fielding questions about the Chelsea defence since game week, or probably game week three or game week four. And at the start, it was very much, be safe, get Azpilicueta, get Rudiger. Don't worry about the wing-backs. There's too much rotation. And now it's just completely flipped. It's literally, you need to have one of James or, or Chilwell. You've got them both. We're heading into Christmas. There's more potential for rotation Mm. Would you? Are you? You're, I'm, I'm guessing you're not going to sell any of them because they're doing so well. But is that kind of the preferred thing that you want to do? Are you, it's, it's high risk, high reward. It is, yeah. For now, I'd say I'm happy to keep hold of both. Um, perhaps one will leave the team if they're getting benched too often or rotated too often. And I suppose it, I'll have to accept it will happen at some point. There's going to be game weeks where Aspilicueta starts in right wing back or Alonso. Mm. <clears throat> so. Yeah, certainly. I think there'll be game weeks where it happens, certainly over the Christmas period. Um, you just got James, have you? I've just got James, yeah. And yeah. I was exactly the same as you. I was all on Rudiger. I just thought, I can't be dealing with this rotation with all the all the wing-backs. And then he got injured. And I I didn't... I, I got overexcited by James. I think he was coming back from injury, and I thought, oh, that's great. He's going to come back in the team. I think Rudiger was injured, and, and Christensen was out as well. And I kind of thought, oh, they're, oh whereas Plaquette was someone, I was like, oh, they're going to have to play James. And then they yeah. didn't, and Shalabar came in or something. I was like, oh, man, horrible mistake here. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then. Okay, he kept hold. Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, these are fine margins. And I, I nearly sold him um, for Chilwell when he when he got the two goals. And, you know, this this is where the luck element comes in. I mean, it's, it's still a. I mean, there's a. I don't want to say like, I'm really skillful at the game, but like, I, I think what I'm trying to do this season is, is less hits. And the, having a stronger squad does help with that, which is what you said, definitely. Um, but also just deal with my weakest link first mm. and not always try and chase these kind of big returns, but just deal with players who just aren't performing. And like looking at your team, it is very, very obvious that Tony is the one that <laughs> is is, yeah. is surely the, the first priority to, to leave. Yeah, uh, I'll give him Newcastle, but... Uh... Yeah, we'll see. There's a few. It looks like we've got a few new managers joining the Prem after the break. So yeah. 
I know. Could be a, a difficult one to predict that against Eddie Howe's Newcastle. Absolutely. And, I, think, uh, I think we're going to start seeing Gerard a shake-up. Yeah, we're yeah. going to start seeing a shake-up because we, we're going to get more options emerging now, I think. You know, Wilson, for example, I think could, could come into it. It's hard to know who's going to really start shining at, at Villa. Gerard doesn't like rotation. He's he touted as a as a big rotator at Rangers, but you know Bailey's got a hell of a lot of potential. And then we could see Danny Ings coming back. Watkins might might start performing, and then we've got these strikers back that you mentioned. That like hopefully Bamford's going to come back at some point. Uh, Calvert Lewin. We've got Lukaku coming back. Ronaldo, Kane, Son. So yeah, I think it's it's going to be really interesting to see where your kind of moves go over the next few weeks and how you kind of cater for all of those different things uh, coming in. Um, I think, I mean, I've taken 40 minutes of your time. It's been great to talk to you. If there's any other questions uh, from anyone for the current world number two, uh, drop them in (laughs) now. Uh, But if not, uh, then, yeah, I mean, I don't don't want to say it, but there does tend to be a bit of a jinx when people come on these on these streams. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but they I'll do jinx it now. Yeah, they do tend to be kind of near the end of the season though. So I haven't I don't think I've ever spoken to someone at this position at this stage um of the year. Hopefully I can break the curse. Please do. There's Please a question do. Harry Dawson says as where's Mark is he in hiding? <laughs> Well, you're 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 a better you're better than Mark this season. He's like about seventy points clear of him at the moment. I don't know what's That's going right. On. You're top of mods and cons, aren't you? I'm top of mods and cons. Yeah, Mark's yeah. taking a hiatus. He's a uh, oh, works busy. Is his excuse? He's gone off. <laughs> well, that's what it is, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you saw his sons overtake him as well. His eight year old son uh, as well. That's so brilliant. That's a, a good subject uh, for amusement. Um, but yeah, I no no question. Interesting. Thought there'd be thought there'd be a few more questions for you, but clearly we've covered absolutely everything, uh, Oscar. Been a good chat. It's Enjoyed very, it. It's been a very good chat. Thanks um, for the opportunity. Yeah, if uh, if if you would all do me the favour of liking the stream, subscribing to the channel, and also make sure you head over to FPL Focal's uh, stream as well, where he produces some absolutely brilliant uh, content. Uh, oh, Mark says I follow your channel, so no questions for for him. Um, yeah, no, I, I love I love your channel. Your channel was was great. I mean, you know, the graphic side of it is really good. It's very uh, professional. And like I said, you, you deal with stuff which a lot of people don't um, don't uh, don't talk about. So I would recommend everyone to check that out. But thank you so much.